Hey listeners, Dennis Wisco here. For aging Americans, one of the most pressing concerns when it comes to their autonomy is transportation. But is this an economic issue or a social issue? In this episode, Rudy and I address the biggest problems faced by senior citizens on the move, like LA exit, rent spikes in transit accessible neighborhoods, and how Dial-A-Ride, a senior ride-sharing program, paved the way for today's most popular taxi alternatives. So stay tuned. Co-Motion Miami. Thanks to Co-Motion Miami for being a proud supporter of Wisco Weekly. There'll be more information to come on their event they are putting together in Miami on April 2nd and 3rd. More information to come on that soon, so stay tuned for that. But nonetheless, thank you to Co-Motion Miami for your support of Wisco Weekly. Visit them at comotionmiami.com. Now, let's get into the show. Now tune in to the Wisco Weekly Experience. Mabuhai, bienvenidos, vitaita, willkommen, and welcome to Wisco Weekly. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode. I'm bringing sexy back. Yes, you don't know how to act. Yes. You're tuned into the podcast that is exploring the new business models for the mobility of people and goods. I'm your host, Dennis Wisco. On today's episode, we're back with my good friend, Rudy Salo. Rudy, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I wish you were feeling as well as I feel right now. Well, how well are you feeling? Excited to be back. It's, it's, it's good to have you back. Uh, I think one of the things that we're going to get into today is uh, some of the things about our parents. So certainly a conversation that we have yet to have. Uh, the first thing I will tell you that my father discovered Uber probably about two years ago. And, you know, it's it's always funny, right? I think us, all human beings fall into this category where it's like you discover a new technology and upon discovering it, all of a sudden you certainly or you then complain when you can't find the right solution for it. Let me explain. He had to take you know, when he goes to LAX, he takes Uber now. And that was something he never used to do, right? So now when he goes to LAX to and fro, he takes Uber. So with the recent changes at LAX and and LA exit, oh my God, my dad was just up in a roar. Why can't Uber just pick me up at the curb now? And he, you know, he's asking me all these questions as if I have the solution to it. And it's just so funny now that my father at 70, I don't know, I forget, he's 74 years old, 75 years old. He's just like complaining now that Uber is no longer a valid solution for him. It's a it's a fair point by your father. And he's no different than most Americans approach to transportation. We as Americans, as opposed to other other parts of the world, want things extremely personalized. And that's why I think Uber and Lyft were very successful and took off as quickly as they did was because they picked you up from wherever you were, you didn't have to go to a cab stand, and they delivered you to wherever you wanted to go. LA Exit 
change things up because of the nightmare, because of the headache, because of the psychotic level of congestion getting in and out of LAX with the success of Uber and Lyft. Now, I will say, getting in and out of Terminal 1 from LAX is pretty much the same. And in fact, it's even better now to use Uber and Lyft if you're getting out of Terminal 1, i.e. Southwest, because you walk like practically 10 feet from the exit. Oh, yeah, of Terminal you can walk, One right, and right. Go right there. So if your father uses Southwest a lot, it is LA exit it's better. And I say that because I use Southwest and I use LA exit going out in and out of Terminal 1. If you're going to other terminals from from the airport in particular tom bradley or, or terminal four yeah it's a pain because you got to get on that bus unless you want to walk i mean the walk is not too bad at lax but well i, 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 I so understand actually, his pain yeah actually so let's talk about that because i that was my experience uh when i arrived from the czech republic where my wife and i we had to we had our two check-in luggage and our two carry-on luggage and we had to take or we didn't walk, so you know we took the shuttle uh, that picked us up at at uh, the Tom Bradley and then dropped us off at at LA exit. Now I think one of the things, if you are at Terminal One, it makes sense to walk, and especially if you don't if you don't have big luggage with you, then I think LA exit is probably you know it, it probably worked out really well for Terminal One um, attendees. Have you have you have you arrived from LAX? Um, at Tom, at Tom Bradley to take that specific shuttle? Not that specific shuttle, but previously I've taken many shuttles from LAX either to uh, get into a rental car or to take the, the, sh- the shuttle bus that takes you to the Green Line station. So okay. I, I imagine they probably use the same type of buses. Well, it's actually the same exact bus, right? Which those buses are not necessarily ideal for the amount of luggage that international travelers take. Fair enough. And so I thought that was one of the bigger problems is that all of a sudden, you know, there's kind of two lines to get into the shuttle. There's a line that basically allows you to drop off your luggage at the front of the of the bus. And that's where you that's where they take all the heavy uh, the check in luggage. Right. And they're just basically stacking it on top of each other. It's like they're playing Tetris in there. And then you take your carry-on, you go kind of on the on the back doors and you you bring your carry-on luggage on, on that side. And so these are normal buses. These don't have like huge aisleways. And certainly if you're sitting down, you can't put your carry-on luggage in front of your legs either. So then you're kind of crawling over other people's luggage that are that are that are in the aisleway. So that was one of my first that's kind of one of my first complaints. Just the, the buses are not equipped for international travel. The second thing was that it seemed as if this was a bus from, I mean, it was a, it was a compressed natural gas bus, but it seemed as if it was like 15 years old. And, it, prob- and it probably was because LA exit, um, there, there have not been specific vehicles or have there not been, there wasn't enough foresight going into it. It was kind of, and I, and I know people that were involved with it. It didn't have universal support. It, needed to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think things getting in and out of LAX now is a lot easier as a, um, um, just as somebody who uses LAX a lot, but that pain point is terrible. Like yeah. you're right, they, 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 so, so, so we always talk about this. So you've talked about this many times on your, on your podcast. 
Sounds like there's a business opportunity. Sounds like somebody needs to build a bus that's, that makes things a lot easier to get to and from Tom Bradley to LA exit. Um, well, the it, problem it, with that, though, is that you, you probably will have to get the, you know, you're, you're going to have to get the uh, the L.A. airport authority to to sign off on it, though. Yeah, you probably will. It, and it's a it's extremely relatable topic to as difficult as it was for you and your wife to do that. Imagine for seniors who have a lot of luggage, who who might be traveling alone, who don't know the ins of outs who are not strong to move all of their luggage and you can't you can't you probably can't put that luggage carrier onto the bus so yeah maybe that maybe the seniors have it even worse than anybody else or the seniors or anybody with disabilities I'm not saying seniors have disabilities I'm just saying they have some mobility issues and strength issues that are not being properly addressed so I feel you man I mean I'm sure that was probably very difficult for you uh as well as your as your parents well and i had the chance to meet and talk to john carver who is the deputy executive director and so i invited him onto the show so hopefully we'll get to have him on and and talk a little bit more about la exit and some of the the pain points and hopefully some of the solutions down the way but i mean that's exactly right it's 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 my father who is going to have to experience uh getting, you know, adjusting to this new system, right? So it was just two years ago that he discovered Uber. And it's not like he uses it also for first last mile solutions or anything of that nature. He only uses it specifically, specifically to go to and from the airport. And now all of a sudden, when he gets back in March uh, from the Philippines, it'll be his first wake up call to learn, okay, where do I go now? Where where are the signs that I have to take this particular shuttle? And is this the green bus? Because that one's fully green. This one has green signs on it. So is that the same as the green bus? Has he considered taking any of the shuttle buses like the Carmel's or the, uh, I I think, you know, where would, where where would that take? Like, where, where does that take you? I think the shuttle buses actually still pick you up from the curbs. Like these are these are the the more private um, more, I see. The, uh, carpooled buses, right? They're they're I don't think they're subject to the same taxi cab person. So there's a separation, right? There's the personal vehicles, um, i.e. the taxi cabs, the Ubers and Lyfts that, that have the single occupancy person. Mm-hmm. They're they're LA exit, but I think if you have more than one person, those the shuttles, the the even the hotel shuttles. I mean, heck, I mean. I hate to say this, but what if he jumps on a hotel shuttle, goes to a hotel, and gets an Uber and Lyft from there? Well, he used to actually take the Disneyland shuttle. Uh, that you know, he it was, and it was I think forty dollars one way. So then all of a sudden he just hops onto this Disneyland shuttle, and and we're in Anaheim anyway. So then all of a sudden he gets dropped off at Disneyland, and then I think my mom would just pick him up from there. That's an excellent solution. Okay. There's also um, there's an LAX flyaway. One of them comes down to Irvine. Do you know what the flyaway is? No. So that's a bus that picks you up from LAX and takes you either to Union Station or to Westwood at UCLA or to Van Nuys Airport or down to Irvine. I still believe they still have one that drops you off. At the train station? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get on there and it's seven bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. LAX, LAX flyaway. There was a brief period of time when I was 
commuting between Los Angeles and New York. I moved back in with my parents in Simi Valley. And Van Nuys Airport is not that far away from Simi Valley. And I would take the LAX flyaway every time I'd go to see my wife. And it was seven bucks to go to and from either Van Nuys Airport or to Union Station. That's what I'm talking about. So there are there are other options out there. And those are not subject to LA exit. Okay. Now here, but here's the difference. Do you see? This is what it comes down to. This is what I was talking about at the very beginning. Mm. Americans, your father, I mean me, you, everybody else, we always want things personalized. Ah, I don't want to share a shuttle. I don't want to share a cab. I don't want to share this. I don't want to share that. The future is truly ride sharing, right? And Uber and Lyft are ride sharing, but still it's 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 more personal. It's you and the Uber driver. No, the future is you and other people being on in a vehicle going someplace. Well, and the future would also be defined by, I mean, obviously the part of defining the future is the people that are in this future. And when it comes to ride sharing, certainly more common with younger folks than, for instance, baby boomers like my father. And again, maybe even for people like us at, at our age and in, in our 40s, right? Like, I'm sure there's people that skew of, okay, people are okay to ride share. People are not okay to ride share. They, per, they rather, you know, take their, their, their they rather have their, their own privacy. So ride sharing is definitely the future or just ride sharing, carpooling, anything that has to do with the sharing economy, definitely part of the future and certainly more popular with the younger generation than the, the older generation. Completely agree. Although I will say one thing, um, local government agencies, <laughs> have and have had for years because I used to write it with my grandmother back in the or in the 80s and in the 90s you, you probably see them around here dial a rides right there's uh, these there's uh-huh. these there's these shuttle buses that will come and pick up um, people with disabilities and seniors not necessarily from their house but from a very close place from their house so yeah. seniors are the ones that are typically using those so they're 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 poised for 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 sharing, if you will. I mean, the, truly, the first sharing of a, of a, a and, and dial up of a because my grandmother used to have to call the dial a ride. It's literally dial a ride. You call it and it comes pick you up. It comes and picks you up from a street corner very close to your house. Like that's the OG Uber was started yeah, right. by the seniors. Right. So <laughs> I, you know, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna say it's uh, the millennials and the Gen Xers. The seniors have well, been OG. On. Well, I think you know. Well, we, I guess we have to clarify because the ride sharing is more permissible depending on the size of the vehicle. If you're if it's a Hyundai Elantra, a four seater sedan, then ride sharing, while it can be done, it's not going to be the preferred choice for particular audience members. Right. For, For particular customers. But yes, when you do have shuttles when you have 15 passenger buses absolutely then it that makes which, perfect sense which handy which have handicap accessible entrances yeah, right. and, and pathways as well that, that's you know, my, one of my favorite rides of all time i mean seriously i would i would forego an audi r8 You're, this is going to be crazy here i would forego an audi r8 for a mercedes sprinter van you know what those sprinter vans are i have i've seen them i have seen them but i haven't ridden in them Oh, there's, I mean, 
writing in them is it's it's cool, but it's just the fact that the interior it's just it's is so it just functional. Well, no, no, it's so functional. I mean, if you especially if you get it completely gutted, then you can you know people build out beds in there and they build out they're like their own like RV basically inside there where so they can't build out a bathroom, but they'll build out a kitchen, they'll build out a bed, and and like people will tour the country. And that's their ride. Is it the is it the creepy '80s van of the 2020s? Is that what is it? Is that what it is? I mean, can it be? Because you know we need the creepy. It's yeah, a euphemism, but sure. Okay, okay. Right, I'll, fair I'll accept that. Fair I'll enough. accept that. I'm not advocating for creepy vans. I'm just saying there were a lot of creepy vans in the '80s. <laughs> yes, there were a lot. Well, well, you recall uh, Newton, Montana. Newton Montano from Trams International. Yeah, and um, what was that? The Drunk Patrol. It was the it was the police truck. The police uh, from, truck from the, from the famous Dead Kennedys song, uh, "Police Truck." Right. It was basically, they would pick up all the drunks. He built in these toilet seats where the drunks could sit down, where the police would pick up the drunks and sit them down, and they could piss themselves in the. And sober up and, and sober up and that's functionality, my friend. That's that's engineering to solve a problem. See, now they should bring I mean, this is gonna sound terrible, but they should bring that back for seniors. That's terrible. I mean, it's not even <laughs> You know, I, I don't even have a... But, hey, some seniors do have a problem with their bladder. No, I, I, I understand. And, and most of them understand that. And they wear underclothing, um, you know, depends and other things. Um, you know, I, I still have kids in diapers. So I'm very, very sensitive. And, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, you know, God willing, we live that old to, to, to have those, those, those problems. Uh, I have no idea if you and I are going to live that old. And I hope not to have those problems either. You know, hopefully, hopefully there's there's a great book that I keep always referencing on your show. And you and you know why it's it's the raffle and uh, it's by Randy Smith. Yeah. Perhaps we'll all just transfer ourselves into other types of bodies in the future, like more um, like robots. I have no idea. Have you, are you aware of the 2045 initiative? This is a legitimate thing. 2045 initiative. Yeah. No. People, people are working on trying to transfer our beings into artificial bodies, and they have been trying to work on that for years. It's a fascinating concept. This is not like, have you seen Avatar? Yes. It, is is I, it I like have, Avatar? Like you're actually just putting your physical body into like a robot kind of thing, and then you get to kick ass? Or you, you, you got to look up the 2045 initiative. That's it, what it, that's what it's called. It, it's a legitimate. Okay. It, it's now while that plays out in the raffle, um, the science fiction dystopian book that I love. It's legitimate. You got to look it up. I'm, I'm, and and it's related because you and I were just joking around about how we don't want to grow old, and if we want to grow old, we don't want to have these problems. God willing, we live that old and we have those problems, or somebody will invent something so we don't have those problems. One of the problems that senior ha- seniors have, like our parents and you know my parents, is look, over six hundred thousand people a year are forced to give up their driver's license. Do you know what that does to their life? Why are they giving up their driver's license out of curiosity? Um, most of them because they can no longer get insurance because they're too old or they can't because they or they're they, uninsurable they or they're uninsurable. They can no longer pass the driving test. They lose their mobility. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. think about the. Sh- I mean, I. This is in the United States. This is in the United. Uh, yeah, yeah might. You know, I don't know. I got to check. Well, it was the AARP that came out with that study. So American yeah, Association yeah. of Retired People. I'm imagining it's Americans. Think about that. Like 
do you know what kind of a shock to your, if you're living out in the suburbs, no place where you could walk to, and if you're heavily reliant upon your personal vehicle, like your own personal vehicle, like put, put aside Uber and Lyft, like Uber and Lyft, it's great, you know, thank God they're there, maybe they can help out our parents. Um, and maybe there are other um, ride-sharing options. You know, I'm a big fan of the company Via. I'm a big fan of other companies that are out there that want to use technology in order to bring drivers and, and passengers together. But at the end of the day, if the only thing, thank God your dad learned how to use Uber because my parents don't use Uber. My parents refuse to use Uber and they refuse to use Lyft. Why? I don't know. It's a good question. I've asked them that. They say, I don't need it. I can drive. Okay. Fine. Someday you're not going to be able to. Ah, hey, I'll cross that bridge when both, I come. Both, both parents do drive. Both parents do drive. Okay. So, uh, thank God because they're healthy. Um, but in any event, let, let's say there. Let's say you're in a in an area where there are no Uber or Lyft drivers. You know, Uber and Lyft is not everywhere. Mm. I went to go visit my in-laws over in Hartford, Connecticut, outside of Hartford, Connecticut, like more in the suburbs. And I was like, Yeah, I'll just take an Uber over to the Greyhound bus station. They laughed at me. They're like, What time you go? What time you going? I'm like, 9.15. They're like, you ain't going to get nobody. There's no one's around here. Okay, so it's a good point because they, there's no place for them to walk to. And they can't use Uber and Lyft. And God forbid if they, if, they got, if they couldn't, if they lost their driver's license, how are they going to get around? Like how, how is that going to happen? Yeah. That's what I'm concerned with. You know? And that's why something that I'm really focused on these days is – there's a big movement of people that can afford it. That's that's the issue because um, primarily wealthy people movement back into cities, yeah, back right. into places because they don't want to necessarily uh, have to always drive everywhere. They they want to be able to walk everywhere. They're sick of the suburbs. Like the baby boomers are moving back into the cities, even though the suburbs were primarily solidified because of the baby boomers. They're like, man, forget this. I'm done. My kids are out. I'm moving back to the city. I'm going to go have some fun. I'm going to have a real life. Isn't that interesting? It's very, it's very ironic to me that that's what's going on. But, but I, I applaud them because they're thinking about – one of the primary reasons is because of transportation options. They're worried about that. And my parents and your parents, they're part of that generation. Yeah, it's certainly the, – the movement back into or, – or suburbanites moving back into um, the cities is definitely for the wealthy, right? Because, I, I mean, Amen. I guess – Amen. Thank you. It's a very good point. Yes, 100%. They're not necessarily the millennials. You see, millennials can't even necessarily afford to move into the cities because they've gotten so expensive. Well, they're, I mean, they're moving there because that's where the opportunities are, the job opportunities are, right? But at least for the seniors – Upon retirement, I could see them, and obviously they are moving back into the cities because, yes, they don't have to rely on a car as much. Everything is a little bit more walking distance. Now, the only thing, though, that does make it difficult is that if you do not have the money, then obviously you're not making that transition because at the end of the day, if when you are retired and you are moving into the quote-unquote city – especially in California, that usually means you kind of want to be closer to the ocean, right? Not not specifically downtown LA. You want to be like Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, Santa Monica. And yeah, that's that's definitely a, a pricey move. I mean, any any move, my last article for Forbes.com, 
the title of it was why are LA's transit numbers dropping? Okay. It's counterintuitive. An explosion of transit oriented development over the last decade and a half in Los Angeles. And you could still see, you go in LA, you still see all these cranes and everything around transit. You're like, doesn't make any sense. Okay. Or the transit numbers drop. You want to know why? One of the reasons? Because of the affordability. Right. It costs so much to build around those transit stations that the rent's got to be high. And when the rent's high in one development, it affects the affordability of all the other developments. And still to this day, putting seniors aside, one of the primary users of transit happened to be, you know, the lower, you know, mid to lower income side of the fence. They can't afford it. They right. can't afford to live in those areas anymore. So they have to drive more. That's one of the reasons why traffic is getting worse. So it, it, it's strange that we have more development around transit, yet it's unaffordable development around transit. So kind of segueing into, well, what's on the horizon and what's one of the solutions? California Senate Bill SB 50, mm. um, which is extremely controversial, wants to get rid of single family zoning, wants to give some density type bonuses, the ability to turn a, to convert a single family residence from just you know, a single family residence into a fourplex if it's near transit. Maybe it's one of the solutions, you know. It, it, and and it, it's going to be a big battleground for this entire year. It's already a battleground. It's if a, you go, if you go search it, search it at all, there's people on both sides now. There were some amendments that came into play last last week that are bringing both sides, you know, the, the pro development and the. You know, anti-gentrification parties a well, little bit closer. Let me ask you this. And the, the local control people. Don't forget local control. That's the big that's the big thing in California. Local control. The, local governments want to control everything. Well, and that's kind of where I want to ask you about, because I know you're a local government guy, but yet here's Senate Bill 50. And again, I actually don't know where you stand on that. But with Senate Bill 50, you're you're now superseding any local control. And if I understand correctly, that's kind of one of the main things that a lot of mayors and and certainly the LA City Council voted unanimously to, you know, not implement SB 50. And so I know Senator Scott Wiener had to make some uh, amendments to it. But, you know, how do you reconcile SB 50, knowing the fact that it is usurping local control? It's a great question. As you know, as a municipal bond attorney, a lot of my clients or a lot of the transactions that I deal with happen to deal with local government. And I'm, and I'm very passionate about cities and control and community and everything. It's a tough issue because mm. you have local control on one side and you have how unaffordable California is. And you know, and the, the reason why I want to bring this home with the whole seniors and our parents conversation, I, there's, there's a point to this. Okay. A lot of people think, well, I got a house. I'm fine. I'm okay. I, it's affordable for me. Those are those people over there that can't afford to live, live here. That's not my problem. Mm. Soon enough, it's going to be everybody's problem. Because if our parents can't drive because they're not close to transit and because the, the, because it's gotten too expensive, guess who's going to be driving them around if, the, if, if your parents don't feel comfortable in Uber and a Lyft? And if the local government doesn't have a very robust dial right? You are, or your, or your kids are. You're gonna be your parents' personal Uber and Lyft driver if things don't change. Okay, so it will affect us. 
Ah, I mean, I just scared the hell out of you. Well, I, I see fear in your eyes. Well, certainly it's one of those things, right? That of course, by one of the reasons why you have kids is that your kids are meant to take care of, of your parents of eventually. And, and, you know, in the Middle East, we don't even have social security. You know what we have? Just have as many kids as humanly yeah, possible. Exactly. That's why I have relatives that have that's why I have hundreds of cousins because they they had kids over <laughs> well, there. Well, that's the same thing with Filipinos. Oh, I mean, same, we have we have, man, we have hundreds of cousins. It's the same Asians and Middle Easterners. We're brothers and sisters. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But that said, and I and I'm a big supporter of that. You know, believe me. I mean, my grandmother lived with us our whole life. God forbid my my parents ever needed to. You know, couldn't live on their own. We have property at our house where they can move into. My in laws and all that type of. Of course. No, of course, but we can afford that. We can do that. Yeah. Other people, it's not easy. You know, we're 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 lucky, but that's not that's not everyone out there. Not everyone out there is able to help their parents. If this is an economic issue, I I think, I don't know. I I would say that seniors, not you know, moving into the city and not being able to be mobile, for one reason or another, if they're driver's license are being taken away or whatever the case may be. Is it a economic issue or is it a mobility issue though? I don't even know if you can divorce the two. So here's how I would see it on one hand. And if the, it's an economic issue or even social, I mean, you're saying mobility slash social because it social. Okay, sure. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. So mobility slash social versus yep. economic, right? Because yeah, you know, our parents, did well for themselves. They can afford to move to the city. They can afford to, you know, more or less be without a car and maybe rely on maybe rely on Uber, for instance. Right. And again, I think what there was a should tri- they choose to your, your father has chosen to. My father has not. But yes. Or or but but let's just say at some point, again, your father gets his driver's license taken away for whatever reason and he can't drive. But he also happens to be in the city of Los Angeles where Uber is widely available. And, you know, if, uh, according to a AAA study, what, maybe a year ago? No, I think it was in 2018 where they were comparing the the cost of ownership of a vehicle versus the cost of ride sharing for an entire year. Ride yep. sharing cost about $20,000. And again, our parents might be able to afford that. So yep. that would be to me an economic issue. Or is it a social slash mobility issue where there is this idea that seniors, I guess specifically seniors in this case, right? Seniors should have the right to move, should have the right to mobility. And so therefore, if it is public transit, if there is specifically shuttles that are dedicated to them, then it is their right. Yes, I agree with you. I don't think seniors should be shuttered away in in homes, whether that whether that be old folks' homes or whether that be in their own homes, and not being able to go out on their own and being able to move around. Because I don't want to be that way. I want to be able right. to have, to to like take my last breath. I want to be mobile. You know, yeah, maybe I won't have all of you know my my brain in order or anything, and maybe I should be locked away. I have no idea. In any event, I want to have that option. I want to be able to walk to some place where I can be mobile. I don't want to have to rely upon a car. I mean, you're 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 absolutely right, and I, I'm the same way, right? I mean, part of part of 
a gift to myself was getting a smartwatch so that I could count my steps because movement is a big thing, not just now, but in general, in life, right? Like, again, it's a big thing, especially with parents who have arthritis. They need to constantly move so that they don't their joints don't get so acidic and, and, and so achy that they can't do anything. Absolutely. Movement is freedom. You want freedom? I mean, That's you know, right. people, some, some people associate freedom with guns. Some people associate freedom with speech. Freedom is movement. Can I go from here to there and, and safely, period? That's it. That's it. That's, that's, that's freedom. Now, this is, so this is where I would like to see autonomous vehicles and, you know, there's what, Voyage? Is, is that, I think Oliver Cameron is this, is the CEO of, of, I think the name of the company is Voyage. And basically they, they provide autonomous vehicles for senior communities. They, they do now. Those are, that's great for a senior community, right? It, within senior communities, you know, some tight um, controlled places. But what if those seniors want to get out of that community? Shouldn't they have? Shouldn't they have the ability yeah, to right. go go take a train or go see their kids someplace or go to a? Is movie there not an Uber for seniors? You know, I mean, there's Uber for Uber. I mean, it, it all comes down to you. You can use. You don't. You can be pretty much any age as long as you have a credit card for for Uber. Um, you know, sometimes you know people's accounts get taken over once they get too old. Yeah, that's a, that's another concern. But yeah, no autonomous vehicles. Will that be one of the solutions when you and I are older? You know, I hope so. I hope by that point. I don't need a, I don't, I hope by that point, a driver's license is truly optional because all of the infrastructure has been built out. All of the development has been denser. Everything's been kind of laid out. So it's safer for these autonomous shuttles, level four, level five, to get people to and from where they are. I don't know if our, if our parents are going to be alive long mm. enough for that to happen. That's why I'm focused on this right now. Well, you know, could help that. Sprinter vans. <laughs> Sprinter vans. Because they are big enough to haul a handful of seniors, but even more so the fact that it can be a, a, a you know mobility conversion van so that it can accommodate disabled people uh, getting into to these vans. I, I'm not against that. I'm not against that. I, I'm just hyper-focused on this issue of... People, every, you know, God willing, your parents are still alive. Their mobili mobility is an issue for you. Whether you live in the suburbs, whether you live anybody else, it is an issue for you if you have parents that are alive. And you got to think about that type of stuff. Yeah. And that's why I think thinking about that is important when you – should we as citizens of, the, of, of California – I think there's going to be ballot measures that address Senate Senate Bill 50. By the way, hmm. I think there. I mean, it's going to be a really big fight. Yeah. When you're going yep. into the ballot box in 2020, and I know that's something that you're that you're very good and you're very focused on that. It's very smart because mobility in the future is, is is going to be one of the big focuses in 2020 and voting. When you're going into it, don't just think about yourself. Think about your parents as well. And I'm not here advocating for any position. I'm here simply here because this is something that I'm focused on and I'm, and I'm thinking about. Yes, it's the subject of my next article, but I think it's an interesting one to think about. Uh, Rudy, what else can you tell us about SB 50? That it's still a work in progress. Um, you know, um, it, not everybody is happy with the amendments. Um, there, there are people that are on, 
you know, the anti-gentrification side of the fence still think that it's uh, even as it, as it's amended. Hold, hold on, let's back problems. up one step. Though. For listeners who don't know what SB 50 is, can you explain what SB 50 is? California Senate Bill 50 gives cities and counties two years to develop plans to boost development in their communities before state mandates for greater housing density take effect. Readjusting single-family zoning to yep. pr- allow for, in all cities in California, um, duplexes, triplexes, and quadplexes. So where, whereas the vast majority, the primary development zoning in California is still single-family zoning, SB50 SB will change that, in particular if it's close to transit. So it's trying to really make things denser. It's a Senate best and easiest way to think about it without getting down too much into the weeds is to try to make development denser, closer to transit throughout the state of California. And one of the one of the reasons why I, the whole senior thing to think about is because some seniors are moving back into cities because they want to be closer to transit. The problem is it can be it's not affordable to everybody. And I'm not saying Senate Bill 50 will solve the affordability crisis, but there are some no, affordability yeah. bonuses that go along with it if you do build but, truly affordable uh, and keep affordable rents. And what were you saying earlier about the article that you also wrote that around transit, I, that, that you know L, that LA transit ridership is down? Yeah, um, I wrote the last article I wrote for Forbes.com was called, Why Are LA's uh, Transit Numbers Dropping? And that was because what I was trying to point out was there's been a lot of transit-oriented development. It's an acronym, TODs. There's been plenty of TODs, okay. but the TODs have been that have been built thus far. The most of the TODs um, have actually resulted in less affordable housing because it's driven up rents in the in the TOD okay. itself because it's so expensive to build those TODs and in the surrounding areas. All the quote unquote rich people. Right, the rich seniors or the rich millennials want to move into that area, and they're not necessarily using transit themselves. They, it's just the happening hot, hot place that that's been redeveloped. You know, they're not they're not the transit riders in any event. So by with SB fifty by replacing single family zoning. single family single family zoning and building housing around transit. Maximizing housing around transit, maximizing density around uh, close to transit within, uh, I think it's either a quarter mile or a half mile, truly building as many units, allowing people that want to build as many units as possible close to transit. That's that's more or less the, the simplest way to describe SB 50. I mean, obviously, that doesn't so in, really make a case for, as you said, doesn't make it, it doesn't help solve affordability if if there. It only solves what? density. It, it, it solves it, it, the housing crisis. If there if there's more units, supposedly, right? I mean, I'm I'm not the world's greatest economist, but if there's the maximum number of units that are that are available, well, then technically rents should drop because the the supply versus demand issue is there. Mm. If there's if there happens to be an equal amount of supply and demand, then the market the market rates should be what they're supposed to be. But if supply is way below demand, then the 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 rents are going to be too high. So if you can get supply closer to where demand is or even higher, then the rents should be there should be affordable units, there should be unaffordable units, it should be in equilibrium. Are these transit systems favorable to seniors? 
you know, let's say presuming again, the seniors are moving into these these new housing complexes. You know, is is uh, is is your father and my father and, and mother and your mother kind of thing? Are, is it easy for them to get onto these? Is, is somebody who is disabled? Or is it easy for them to get onto these buses or these light rail systems or whatever the case may be? The answer is yes, because the way that these light rail systems are being built out, there are elevators. They have um, they have the ability. They have a, they're ADA compliant. You know, American with Disabilities Act. Mm, because mm. in order to get federal funding, you have to comply with federal law and ADA compliance is is critical. Um, so yes, these metro stations are built out not just for seniors, but for anybody that's disabled. So we're talking elevators, we're talking paralifts, we're talking anything that is necessary for people that are slower um, or have d- disabilities to get on and off of um, the buses or train stations. Are, are we okay to have our parents ride in the same rail car as the general public or do we do we want a rail car specifically dedicated to seniors great question and is there is is there room to do something like that and room when i say like you know would i've never i've never thought about that question i've never thought of going to seniors and saying hey would you be more comfortable with just seniors my gut reaction would be if you know me putting myself in 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 i'm not there I'd personally want to be around the general public because I wouldn't want to just be around older people. Like I, I like life. I like people. Like I, I love being around everybody and anybody. But maybe some seniors are not like that. So I don't know. I, I don't have the answer for that. I'd feel comfortable. I mean, when I travel with my parents to New York and we ride the subway or or overseas, I mean, they they love going on the train with the general public. But you know, they're not super seniors yet. So I don't have the answer to that. Mm. Yeah, I would almost think that, especially if it, you know, if, if this is a regular form of transportation for seniors in a city, I, I would think it'd be more comfortable for them that if they knew that they had their own kind of special rail car, their 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 special room, more or less, right? Like they're they're at that point when you're when you're a senior, you're a creature of habit at that point. Yeah, maybe I didn't think about that that way. Well, so SB fifty will be coming up for vote at the end of this month that's correct yeah through the through the senate and we'll we'll see how it goes forward um and and look sb50 might die that doesn't necessarily mean that sb50 is the solution it's good that people are focusing on this i don't know what the answer is and sb50 by the way is is kind of a result of there was another senate bill i think it was 827 that talked about transit bonuses and densities that that truly died very quickly. So SB 50 rose from the ashes of that and it's been amended. This might not go forward, but something needs to happen. Are, are, and people, and I think people, if people start to think about their parents and think about their parents' mobility, maybe they'll start changing their minds. That That's my only point. I'm unfortunately gonna say that that's, there's, gonna, there's only a small minority of people that think about it and even a smaller minority of people that are actually willing to to do something about it because unfortunately it's just it's one of those not as sexy topics to take on you know most people don't want to think about that most people don't most people want i mean this is the truth right most people just want to let the seniors just be locked away in some facility and think about some doctors and nurses taking care of their healthy daily needs and rather having fulfilling, enriching lives, just be like, oh, they're safe. I'm not going to worry. Yeah, about they them. live their life. Yeah, they live their life. That's what most people that's what most people want. I don't want that. I don't want that either. And I will say that I think that is one of the things, too, about 
you know, at specifically in, in the Filipino culture, right? Like, again, you're, you're meant and, and you're raised in this life to eventually do one thing and one thing only, and that is to care for your parents. So, And that's why I want people to think about this type of stuff. Well, certainly, listeners, if you get the chance, be sure you look into SB50. I'll post some links on the episode page for you to consider this. As Rudy mentioned, when you are considering voting for SB50, think of this in the context of your parents. Uh, that That's if some kind of ballot measure comes up in November 2020, either for or against Senate, uh, SB50. We're not voting on it. It's at, right, it's at right. the legislature. But my guess is something is going to be on the ballot. Something. We're yeah, going right. to see something. Follow SB50. Follow this. I'm sure you're following the housing crisis in through the context of of homelessness, but certainly there's other issues pertaining to the housing crisis in California, SB 50 being one of them. So be sure you're following that. As we end every episode, cheers, prost, lachaim, kipis, nastravi, salu, kampai, mabruk, dutsins, gambe, yamas, nastarovie, and vo to the customer experience.